friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one, let's go. I do struggle to go from four, not that easy, three, and then two and one. It should be that easy. Almost as easy as moving a camera over there. Yes, you gotta be careful with the one though. You gotta make Very sure careful with yeah. wires if you are a camera person. They can get you. This is Tim and Friends for October 6, 2021. Love you, Dagan. Good to have you back. Come to you live from the Sportsnet Studios in downtown Toronto. I'm Tim McAuliffe. With me, as always, is our digital producer, co-host, Jesse Rubinoff. Whatever you want to call him, he's sitting over there. And, of course, you, the friends of the show. And if you ever miss the show, you can just whisper, Tim and Friends, into your Rogers Ignite control and it'll pop up. Or you can check out the Netflix-like archive on Sportsnet Now, which is free to many Rogers customers. Did you know that? Uh, no, I don't think I knew that. But I, I will say that I have... Have you ever played the game where you try and whisper like a, as quietly as you can to see at what level it will recognize? <laughs> so I'll be no. like... No, no. Netflix. Netflix. Do you, Netflix. Do you know what my, my favorite thing to do with the Rogers Ignite controller? What's that? Free movies. I didn't know that was a thing either. Did you know that? No. What, what? You just say free movies into it, and it'll give you all the movies that you have free. So you know how there's, like, pay-per-view movies, there's movies that are on certain channels that you don't get? Yeah. Free movies. Boom. Okay. List. Let's boom. go. And then you can organize them by critic score. You can or- I have a Wednesday night plan. <laughs> there you go. Free movies. Especially the... Now that we have the uh, two days off because of the oh, baseball oh. playoff. Look at it. Here we go. I got Wednesday. Not like we were talking about it at all. <laughs> but this is our Friday, kids. Coming up on today's show, Ross Atkins, the managing general of the Toronto Blue Jays, will stop by for a postseason look back and an offseason look ahead. Very interesting offseason for the Jays. Ron McLean, Tara Sloan will also join the fray as Rogers' hometown hockey, presented by Hyundai and Desjardins, makes its triumphant return to the network and a little old-time hockey. That's right, kids. A little old-time hockey. Eddie Shore, otherwise known as Ken Reed, will make his regular Wednesday appearance right here on the show. Yankees and Red Sox kicked off wildcard weekend in style. Time to follow with the Dodgers and Cards tonight. Arash Markazi will join me from Chavez Ravine to discuss. Sounds like two hours of edutainment to me, but we'll let you be the judge. Starting with First Things First. And Jesse. First Things First. First. We'll let them be the judge. The Aaron Judge. Dun, dun, dun. I knew it was there, but I thought it was a bit of a stretch to get there. It wasn't, the, yeah. I just did it. it wasn't, I didn't say it was going to be great, <laughs> but it, I did it anyway. What about Aaron Judge? Uh, he lost. <laughs> <laughs> he lost. Right. And the Red Sox are going to take on the Rays in the American League Division Series after a 6-2 win over Aaron Judge. And the there Yankees. you go. In the American League wildcard game last night, the Sox got to Garrett Cole early and often Xander Bogarts in a two-run homer in the first. Kyle Schwaba followed with a solo shot in the third, and Cole's night was done after recording just six outs. Cole's taking a lot of blame for the Yankees' loss. Does he deserve it? 
I thought the Yankees made mistakes, and I thought they'd been sloppy for a lot of the year. Like, Jays fans saw that up close and personal in the four-game sweep. Like, only four teams in all of Major League Baseball made more errors than the New York Yankees this year. And for a $200 million payroll, that's unacceptable. It's also unacceptable when Garrett Cole makes $36 million of that $200 million and can't last beyond two innings. Like... I, I thought there were a lot of mistakes in that game. Players, coaches, to send or not to send mm-hmm. with one out. Speaking of judging, you can judge that. There were a lot of mistakes. But allowing three runs on four hits and not getting through more than two innings, um, that to me was a colossal failure from the Yankees, from Garrett Cole. I even heard some suggesting that he was rattled by the Fenway fans. And, Jesse, it's not like Cole to get rattled. Oh, wait a second. Maybe it is like Cole to get rattled, even when people are just asking him questions like, I don't know, did you use spider tack? And have you ever used spider tack while pitching? Um, I don't... I don't know. I, I, I don't know if... Uh... Uh, so in the end, I guess our Garrett Cole stats from yesterday mm. were pretty good. You had the second half. I had the stats at Fenway. Uh, in the end, he was outpitched by Nathan Neovaldi in a game they had to win or their season was over. That's just unacceptable at $36 million. Yeah, I think Kevin Millar, Millar hit the uh, nail on the head yesterday when he was talking about Cole. And he said his velocity, when he's been struggling in September, his velocity isn't down. His velocity is at the same spot. Mm. But his control issues are what's causing him major issues through September. And last night, that's exactly what it was. His velocity was fine, but he was throwing balls over the middle of the plate. He wasn't and, pitching. And he was not pitching. 50, 50 pitches he threw, 30 of them were strikes. Just 30 of them. And this is a guy that you said is making basically a billion dollars for the Yankees. So he's got to be better than that. He has to be better than that. And going two innings against the Red Sox, your biggest rival in a game, a one-game elimination, is not good enough. See that guy chugged a beer? Yeah. Nice. We called it an epic chug yesterday. Did you? On Twitter. I didn't. We did. Well, we did. Digitally. We called it an epic chug. You don't... Did you actually see... I don't know if that's an epic chug. No. Well, what is an epic chug? Well, like, it was up for, like, a second. That's a big swig. So, just a chug? Can Can we show it one more time, guys? I don't know if you even caught it there, but there was, like, after the home run, there was a... And that was called an epic chug. You, you be the judge, Jesse. Okay. So in the celebration, oh, yeah. I think it's That's two a second replays. replay. No, that's a middle-middle pitch, though. That, just, that yeah. was middle-middle. Middle-middle. Middle. Boom, that's gone. That's what Palau was talking about. Yeah. Malau was talking about. Not Palau. He played for the Jays. This guy right here. Okay, epic right. coming. Epic. Um, ooh, see, I mean, the video. The video's it's, not long enough there. It suggests that there may have been. You can't Zapruder film that. No. It's not long enough. No. I think that was a big swig. Might have been an epic. <laughs> It might have been an epic chug, just didn't see it. Um, Okay, someone else who is getting um, a lot of heat for the lack of Yankees' success, not just Garrett Cole, but also the manager, Aaron Boone. Mm -hmm. Should he be getting a lot of the blame for the lack of playoff success for the Yankees? Yankees fans are hilarious. Like, Aaron Boone is fifth all-time with a winning percentage in his lifetime over six. Fifth all-time. Like, that's 
managers with like I think more than 450 career games. Like this year's 92 wins, the lowest number he's had in a full season. He's averaging like 98 wins a season, and he just had to yank his 324 million dollar pitcher after two, and it's his fault. Like get the fudge out of here. <laughs> Yankees managers, I get it. It's about the postseason. They got to win the post. This was a flawed roster that made chicken soup out of chicken poop in the starting rotation. They made way too many errors and somehow still had to rely on Stanton and Judge way too much because other dudes didn't step up. Hey, Yankee fans, this is what happens when you can't overspend everyone into oblivion. Welcome to the real world. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, can I play devil's advocate for a second? Sure you can. The last time a Yankees manager, he's, so he's been the manager for the Yankees for four years, four mm-hmm. seasons. The last time a Yankees manager was given a fifth year without making a World Series was 1922. Mm-hmm. So is Aaron Boone the guy that should when change was, that cycle? When was the last time that any of those managers averaged 92, sorry, 98 wins in their four years. When was the last time that the New York Yankees didn't spend a bleep load more than everybody else? Yeah, the Jays won the World Series twice when they had the highest payroll in baseball. Like, welcome to the real world. This is what you've got to do. That was a flawed roster. Anyone who looked at it, even when, we, when they went on those runs, what happened? Stanton and Judge got really, really hot, right? And they lost a lot of games afterwards. Gary Sanchez just isn't good. Voight didn't live up to the billing. Their starting rotation wasn't good enough, and they still were able to find something to make it work. This team is a flawed roster, and they were about a 92-win team that would lose in the wild card, and that's what happened. In fact, I think they got more out of this team than could have been expected. Can I uh, just bring up a quick quote? Something he said last night, Aaron Boone. Uh, quote, the league has closed the gap on us. We've got to be better in every respect. Why is he saying the league has closed the gap on the Yankees? The Yankees haven't made the World Series in 12 years. I, I think he's referring to what I'm referring to. I think that's a shot at Brian Cashman. Right. I think what he's saying Bold is... Bold move to be taking a shot at your GM when your contract's up. Yeah, and, and I think there's a lot of people that think that he should go. And I think that we're sitting here because this roster isn't all that good. Mm-hmm. What was the no- I wish I remembered the number, but when they swept the Bo Sox in Boston, by the way, Boston making chicken soup out of chicken poop, yeah, too. Uh, what cool they're story. doing is unbelievable. But it was Stanton and Judge with like 56% of the runs driven in or 66% of the yeah. runs driven Three in. Three homers, 10 RBI for Stanton alone. In that series, yeah. Yeah. It's just that you can't bank on two guys in baseball. It doesn't work that way. And this year, offensively, that's what the New York Yankees did. Name the last time the New York Yankees did that. Like the 80s? Yeah, pretty much. Right? Yep. And that's why I think this is a flawed roster. You can blame Boom if you want. Maybe he could have. Maybe another manager could have gotten more out of Sanchez and Void, or put him in the position to succeed more. Yeah. He's not the one out there making the fifth most errors in the majors. Also, if Garrett Cole goes eight strong yesterday, papers over a lot third, of the deficiencies. Three hundred and twenty-four million dollar yeah. pitcher not be able to go more than two. Like, he deserves most of the blame in that situation. Uh, uh, still, Boone was better though than longtime Yankees play-by-play guy John Sterling. Ooh, that's you know? tough. That's tough. For those who didn't hear his call on Giancarlo Stanton, here's how it sounded. 
The pitch to Stanton. Drill, there it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. Now, what did, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? He's at first base. <laughs> what you did wrong is it didn't go. I'm not going to sit here and criticize an 84-year-old. That's how old he is, right? 84 years old? I think he's 83. 83. I'm not going to sit here and criticize an 83-year-old man. I think there were many people that were watching that game last night, whether you're in the building or not, that thought that ball was gone, especially considering how good Stanton's been Uh, over the last month. I I like Robin's tweet. We posted this yesterday on our digital accounts. Mr. Digital Producer doesn't know what we're posting out there. Uh, I promised that the term... I propose, excuse me, that the term Stantonian home run be used going forward to describe pimped long singles. Yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> that is, so, to be fair, you're right. Sterling's 83. Matt Vaskersian is 54. And I think Vaskersian got caught, just not as bad. Oh, he got another one. <laughs> he got another one. No, it's off the monster. <laughs> and Stanton, who put it into the home run trot, the same thing I was is satisfied with a single. Oh my! That's tough. A single. I mean, listen. <laughs> if you just round first off of the monster, sometimes you end up with a single. That yeah. just happens if they play it well off of the monster. But that's tough. Vaskersian is very lucky he didn't break out of Santa Maria, or that would have been trouble for him. You uh, know who got me on one of those was Juan Soto in Washington against Boston. Bases loaded. He hit it to dead center field. And when it went off the bat, like I was like, oh, my God, the yeah. Jays are going. And then. It was caught in center field, although 402 feet away. Yeah, I mean, there's a different... It happens with fans all the time. Like, every game it happens with fans, but yeah. they're That's why every That's play-by-play guy, if you listen closely, will say, he hit it high, he hit it just to make time. sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're buying your time <laughs> to watch an outfielder. By the way, uh, any fan that goes to the game and just gets excited immediately, just look at the outfielders. Mm. They'll tell you anything you need to know about any fly ball. One step back, not a big deal. (laughs) It's just knocked out of the park. Okay, Uh, there is another wild card game tonight, this time in the National League. The Dodgers won 106 games this season and now have to face the red-hot St. Louis Cardinals in a one-game playoff for the right to play the best team in baseball, the Giants, in a best-of-five. Who's getting screwed the worst here, Tim? I know people want to say the Dodgers, but the correct answer is the Giants. The Giants are getting screwed the most because they won 107 games this year. And if the Dodgers win this one-game playoff, who's favored in the series between the Giants and the Dodgers? The Dodgers will be. The Dodgers very well could be and probably will be. Mm -hmm. And that is, this is why, listen, I know Donovan Bennett and a lot of people feel like You need to just leave it the way it is. We're always trying to change things. This is proof that it's flawed. How is it possible that the 106-win team is going to play the 107-win team while the 88-win Braves are just sitting over there chilling, waiting for their matchup? Like, I, I don't know how baseball fixes this. But I think that they need to look at it and fix it, whether it's a reseed, whether it's stop the unbalanced schedule. Like, think of this. Since August 6th, the Dodgers are 41-12, and 12, and the Giants are going to get them in the first round of the postseason? That's ridiculous. And even if they don't, they're going to get the Cardinals. You, you, I, you need to value 
The regular season, I get that. Pennants mean something. But this was when you had two divisions in two leagues. Now you've got three divisions, and the unbalanced schedule is just not working for everyone. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't like it one bit. It'll be uh, Adam Wainwright, 40 years old. Max Scherzer, 37 years Crazy. old, on the hill tonight. And Scherzer is 7-0 and since coming over to the Dodgers at the deadline. 7-0 and with a 1-0-8 ERA so he's pitched in well. 11 starts. Like, age is just a number for Mark, Max Scherzer and Adam Wainwright. Uh, Rash Markazi, a little bit later Markazzi. on, from Chavez Ravine. And you know who else? Ross Atkins. Nice. Pretty cool. Talk uh, some baseball. Yeah, let's go to hockey, though. A busy night in the NHL preseason and a, a tough night for goalie Sam Montembeau in his Habs debut. Montembeau gave up six goals on 44 shots in a 6-2 loss to the Leafs. Nick Ritchie continues to make the most of his shot on the Leafs' top line with two goals in the victory in Vancouver, the Canucks were shut up by Philip Grubauer and the Seattle Kraken. But the bigger story in the lower mainland was the return of Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes, who skated with their teammates for the first time yesterday and then joined Dan Murphy during last night's broadcast. We were trying to get it done the entire summer, and uh, I think when it really hit home was when you know their first preseason game was going on, and I think we were both watching at home, and we were like, be pretty fun to be out there right now and we, you know we were just sitting at home you know I wouldn't say bored but we were getting there and um so that that was when it really hit home and you know I think after that the last couple of days uh were stressful because we you know I think they wanted to get done and we wanted to be there too so uh you know it's nice being back certainly is nice being back for them I'm sure Pedersen and Hughes had been uh, in training in Michigan with Hughes's dad uh, Jim and Brady Kachuk. And Brady Kachuk, who's in the same situation they were. So what do you think he's doing right now? Uh, apparently waiting for the Sens to call. <laughs> uh, Andy Strickland last night on Twitter, and he is a, uh, a local writer who, who breaks a lot of stories, to be honest with yeah. you, from St. Louis. So there's the Kachuk angle on the story. But he tweeted out, lack of communication from Ottawa to the Brady Kachuk camp is a big reason of what's preventing Kachuk from being signed. Basically saying, at times, they've gone several days without reaching out. Mentions the Sens' history with star players. Here's my appeal to the Ottawa Senators. Like, don't screw this up. You've been in this spot before. You have peppered your fans with history of great players not being re-signed in your city because you either didn't want to pay the money or didn't have the money. I'm not saying this is the suggestion this time around, but you need to get it done because your fans have been beat down repeatedly. You are trending the right way. DJ Smith has them going the right way. Speaking of making chicken soup out of chicken poop, Mm -hmm. Pierre Dorian has done that repeatedly. They look like they're a team on the rise. Don't bleep this up. Get it done. And if you're just waiting because you want to make sure the number is low enough so you can get everyone else under contract then go ahead and do that. But in the meantime, your fans are waiting. Get it done. So what does that mean, giving him a bridge deal if that's what he wants? It means you've got to get a number that you think that you can get everyone else under contract with too. But there's no doubt that he is the best of the bunch. Yeah. So get this one done and then worry about the rest. And I, I, the, the one thing that I know Ottawa is thinking is, listen, this isn't our year. There's no rush on this. Like, let's not rush it problem is your fans have been waiting a long bleeping time. 
Yeah, it seems like they want to sign him to sign the long deal. Brady Kachuk's camp wants him to sign a bridge deal and get a longer-term deal down the line. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, what the hell happened in the Panthers-Lightning game last night, Tim? Like, what uh, That's why I said all-time hockey, Eddie Shore. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but when you have a rivalry that runs as deep as this one apparently runs, and a goalie... The caliber of Andre yes. Vasilevsky gets hit by a guy that you know likes to stir the pot. We're gonna have you're gonna have stuff like that. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like preseason, you got guys out. Even Joel Quenville said after the game, it was old time. We'll talk about it with Kenny Reed, who loves his old time hockey. <laughs> There's the hit, and this is like you just knew you. Can't. You can't hit Andre Vasilevsky in the yeah. preseason. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why the Lightning didn't let it go. Like, it wasn't no. just this scrum either. It went the entire game. The penalty minutes were 49-47 in favor of the Panthers in that game. And, you, you, yeah, that's what it is. You hit Vasilevsky, that's it. That's it. Done. And, and no one's going to let it go. Yeah. But I can't wait to see them meet in the playoffs. Again. Again, because every regular season game, circle it on the calendar. All right, still to come, Kenny Reed, all-time hockey. Is he bringing trophies? Uh, Ron McLean, Tower Sloan, stop by to discuss the return of Rogers' hometown hockey. We'll head to Dodger Stadium, Arash Markazi. But up next, it's Blue Jays' general manager, Ross Atkins, to talk Toronto Blue Jays. Looking back and looking forward. Next, on Timmy Fitz. 2-1 pitch. Bogart sends a drive to center field and deep. Gardner turns around and watches it fly. I would guess the Yankees would still be the favorite yeah. with Garrett Cole, but you look at those numbers and you might get some value if yeah. you sprinkle here on the Red Sox. Oh. oh, high and deep out to right field. Judge back and watching, and it's gone! I didn't perform the way I wanted to perform tonight. Can you describe the disappointment you're feeling not getting the job done? The playoff one we have in baseball right now, I, I love it. Everybody was really competitive all the way to the end. So, it, you know, the format is the, the format works. Kid gets to the game, he's kind of relaxed, no problem, and the cotton candy starts to come up. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. But look at mom. Mom's starting to put it away. She's going, <laughs> oh, okay. And the big guy's down. <laughs> he's like, is that, is that, look, oh, look at the Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Still plenty to come, including Kenny Reed. But the Toronto Blue Jays season came to an end in nearly spectacular and ultimately for their fans, heartbreaking fashion on Sunday evening. A 91-win season wasn't enough as the Yankees and Red Sox grinded out wins in New York and Washington, respectively. But here to help us break down that season and look ahead to what might be a wee bit of a uh, busy offseason, especially for the GM of the team who joins us now. Ross Atkins, thanks for giving us time, as always, and thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, Tim. Good uh, to be here. I didn't want to, like, I know I mentioned offseason. I didn't want to put you there that quick. Like, are you already thinking about it? Like, how quickly do you get to offseason mode in the spot that you're in? Yeah, we, we started on the uh, you know periphery a couple of weeks ago. So um, not that we were planning to be done playing, but uh, we have a large group. So we started thinking about what questions we needed to be asking of one another. And uh, But the last 48 hours, I've spent a lot more time and energy on it for sure. 
Gotcha. I, I would say, like, give me a letter grade or some cheesy thing like that that people in my chair sometimes ask. But I hope that our audience, and I think that our audience is smarter than that. So, so let me be specific right off the bat. Like, I know that the goal is always to win and ultimately success every season is determined by if you played and won the last game of the MLB season. But do you feel like 2021 was a success and why or why not? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we won't feel satisfied until we're winning championships. But uh, there are a lot of positive things to point to. I think first and foremost would be that we're a better team and organization than at the start of the year. We were more complete offensively. We were much better defensively. Uh, We were pitching well. Our starting rotation was as strong as arguably anyone's huge progress from guys like Jordan Romano, Timmy Mazda, uh, that really started to stabilize our bullpen. And then secondarily, I think, uh, you know, as we think about being and desire, desire to be the best place to play in baseball, we took a huge step towards that. I think anyone could see just watching whether in the stands or on TV, the, the joy and passion that our players have for the game and for one another. And that's unique. That doesn't happen everywhere. And that will be exceptionally attractive to, uh, you know, free agents, anyone we're looking to acquire. And obviously guys we're thinking about extending. So um, there's a, a lot of positive things to point towards for sure. I want to get to that for sure, but before we move forward, we got to know where we came from. And I was I was trying to pinpoint where it went wrong because, unfortunately, that's my job. And I said that I thought that the struggles of the bullpen early um, really cost the team. And while giving you guys credit for some great deals, um, not getting help there earlier could have cost a postseason berth. Do, do you have any regrets about how this season went? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to pinpoint one thing. It, right. it really is. I think a lot of uh, attention was brought on our bullpen when we had the injuries that we had, and then we had some guys that were thrust into roles that uh, you know were were somewhat unfair. So, you know, ultimately that is on me, and that is on us to correct and improve. And you know, we will we will think about how we can do a better job of that moving forward. But uh, you know, as I talked about our defense and offense at the end of the year, mm-hmm. there were some things we could have done a lot better to help that bullpen not be so stressed and, you know, play better defense, you know, score more runs so that we weren't having to win games by one run day in and day out. You had but, a plus 183 uh, run differential. <laughs> These guys scored a lot of runs. Yeah. 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 I mean, at that time of the year when right. the bullpen was okay. so stressed. Got you. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. Got you. Um, you were talking about how dynamic the group is and how good the dynamic is with the group. And I was trying to figure out, like, ARB, free agents, money, what it would cost to run it back with a vast majority of the guys that you finished this year with, the team that you were just talking about. Can you afford to do that? Can you run it back with these same guys? Yeah, and you're and you're saying and also acquire the players that are now free agents, just yes. return them to the group. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, we have the financial flexibility, I think, for that to be realistic. That 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 type of impact to make that type of impact on our roster that will be here for sure, barring a trade or something unforeseen. Um, you know, we we are planning to have that support and feel as though we will have that support from Rogers because of the work that Mark has done. Uh, to walk through every step of our plan at each time that it needs to be discussed and with each evolution of performance and each year and uh, as different things occur to our roster and organization. So um, you know, feel that we'll be in a, in a very strong position to continue to make the organization better. 
I've, I've told you before, and I don't expect you to remember it, but I, I feel like my role is the translator from the fans to the athletes and the management and, and back. And one of the things that I keep hearing is, can the Jays keep Marcus Semien and Robbie Ray? Is that something you want? And how confident are you that those two guys could be back? Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, we are so grateful for having been a small part of something really significant in their individual careers that impacted our team in a great way. And I, you know, I feel confident in saying that they both felt respected, comfortable and valued here uh, and would consider us somewhere that they would like to return. Um, And that's mutual, but you can't put yourself in a situation where you have to do something. The same goes for them. They can't just bank on the Toronto Blue Jays being a good spot and making sure that, uh, you know, or, or feeling as though that the dollars they feel will be fair market value will absolutely be there with us. So it goes both ways. We have to consider alternatives, consider other ways to make the team better uh, as we factor them in. But, uh, you know, I think the Toronto Blue Jays benefit greatly from them having the years that they had here yeah. in and around the group that they did as well. Yeah, that's, that's a very important point. And I know it's something that you guys, uh, you guys want to make sure that other people see. Why do you think that was so? Like, I know Pete Walker and, and Robbie Ray, their, their relationship was very good. I mean, Marcus Simeon coming in, playing second base and doing this. Like, I mean, he had an unbelievable year. How do you sell that to other people around the league? Yeah, I mean, it, it. You know, hopefully the players take care of that, and you know, the the industry is pretty small, as you know. Um, you know, we we've spent a lot of time, energy, and money on making this the best place to play in baseball. We want it to be that. We want them to not have to worry about things that they shouldn't have to worry about, and making sure they have every single resource, whether it be staff, uh, training facilities nutritional supplements, whatever it may be to help them improve and get better. We don't want them to have to go elsewhere for it. And I, I think it's, it's come full circle for us. Okay, so let's look forward a little bit more. What spots would you like to improve on this roster? Well, I think the easy uh, areas to point to are where free agents are leaving. Um, You know, I think, you know, starting pitching, every team is going to be in that market, but we're in a better position than we were a year ago with the addition of Brios, the progress of Ross Stripling becoming a a starting option, or he was a starting option for us, but being here, Yunchin Ryu has been great. And then obviously Alec Manoa, that, that is such a good story for, for baseball and for us. So Continuing to build upon that will be important, complementing our bullpen and then looking to complement our, our infield. But, uh, you know, now having one, two of the better players in the game at shortstop and first base, again, we're in a better position than we were a year ago. So so improving upon that is a bit easier than it will, was a year ago, but, but we still have to do it. You know, we still have to make this organization and team better than it was at the end of this season. Will you have ter- talks on a long-term deal with Laddie and Bo? We are always thinking about talking about how we can keep players here for as long as possible. It just has to go both ways. So um, that's nonstop. The offseason does create another uh, time where we can do it with a little bit less stress because they're not having to perform day in and day out. Right. Uh, so let's get back to the starting rotation. I know you started there when I asked you where you could improve. Uh, end of the year was a real strength. Obviously, it has two free agents in it. So people might try and figure out uh, where you're going in that spot. Do you still see Nate Pearson as a starter on this team? 
Yeah, I think, you know, we have to be mindful of the missed time and and the development opportunities, not just workload, but development, ensuring that we're not expecting too much of him too quickly. So we want to be thoughtful about how we can, uh, you know, have him pitching in the World Series for us as well, not just someone that starts the year in, ro- in the rotation, but we see him as capable of doing that. I know you said uh, after the press conference earlier today that all of your coaches were coming back, and, and we hear a lot about people who don't like Charlie Montoyo as your manager. What's your assessment of the job that he's done in bringing him back? Yeah, you know, a lot of things I've been talking about, that we're, we're a better team than we were at the start of the year, uh, want to be the best environment for players to improve and succeed and have, uh, you know, incredible careers. Uh, want to make sure that, you know, people feel respected, valued, and comfortable to be individuals. And you can see uh, how much our players Uh, get along how well they get along and that's with our staff as well so it's an incredible environment that we're exceptionally proud of and it wouldn't be in that position if it weren't for him so the staff has done an incredible job he's a a huge leader and and, an impact uh he's making an impact that way so and and that's without even talking about the fact that we had to overcome things most teams didn't for the past couple of years you know, Jesse and I were talking in studio about like how much of the manager's job uh, an average fan would never see. Like, do you have an an estimation of like obviously any fan can watch yeah. when a manager you know makes a, a bullpen move or decides to pinch hit for a player? Like, do you have an estimation of how much of the work that you're asking him to do takes place where no one sees? Yeah, I, I would say at, at least 90% of it, you know, I would, we have the benefit here of seeing under the hood a little bit. So, uh, you know, our, our staff over the course of the year is in as early as nine thirty, ten 10 AM on, you know, with night games to play and starting to prepare for just that night and, and what they have to do to make sure that our players are prepared and have what they need. It's, an insane amount of energy and work that goes into it. And you know, one of the things that was so interesting about the Kevin Kiermeyer incident with the card that was gone, that was left on the field or fell out of Alejandro Kirk's, um, you know, mitt or the, the, Swept the in, yeah. piece of equipment. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it was more about f- for our staff, just how much work goes into something like that. You know, how much time and energy goes into something like that as, as much as it was the strategy or them learning how we were going to attack so-and-so. Um, you know, the, these guys are relentless and it's their lives uh, that they're pouring into uh, ensuring our players have what they need. And, and our staff has done, in my view, a remarkable job of that. All right. Uh, the, the one thing that I have to ask about is, and I'm not going to get into negotiations or figure out uh, what's going to happen with the CBA, but how much does it complicate what is already going to be, uh, just with what you have in front of you, uh, seemingly a pretty difficult offseason? Yeah, I mean, some somewhat, you know, there that that is a layer for sure, but we don't expect it to keep us from by any means doing business or from just... Uh, you know, aggressively signing players. We just have to factor in what the hypotheticals could be and make sure that we're really open with players and agents about that and might have to be a little bit creative. But uh, Major League Baseball has 
um, been exceptionally forthcoming and communicating every step of the way, the potential scenarios that could be and how we should be thinking about our decisions that are in front of us. So we feel like we have the information we need to move forward. Hey, last one. And this doesn't have to relate to you guys. You guys are you're a lifetime baseball guy. Do you like the wild card format? Do you like baseball's <laughs> playoff system? I mean, listen, I it's it's come up with a better idea and solution and we don't have enough time for that because right. it's so nuanced and complex. I you know, it, there's a lot of exciting things about it. I had a lot of fun, well, fun's a wrong word. I I I did think that was entertaining that game last night and the stakes being so high and what that meant for creativity and usage. So um, there's a lot of different ways to think about uh, building upon that. But I do think there is a lot to be said for winning your division and that having um, significant power. I do like that facet of it. Right. That winning the 162 game marathon has some weight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Ross, listen, we always appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thanks All for right, doing Jim. this. And we'll talk no, soon. No, likewise. Have a great day. You too. There is uh, Ross Atkins, general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Why don't we take the break, Jesse? Because mm. I have a feeling people will weigh in on that conversation. Maybe we can sort through some of that stuff and come back with it, and then I'll get your opinion on what you just I'm heard. I'm on it. I'm on it. All right, so uh, Rubinoff's going to have a busy commercial break. He's going to be getting your feedback on that conversation and the Jays' offseason ahead, and then we'll have a conversation around it next right here on Tim and Friends. Jesse, more importantly, have you heard the new Adele? I haven't. It's just a teaser. Oh, it's just, is it single released? Do you not care? Either. Do you not know? No, it Adele just is one of the single greatest talents of our time. I agree with that. I just haven't heard the teaser. Okay. I'm sure it's great, though. Like, odds you, are it's really good. Your, your look told me you didn't care. No, no, I and, care. And we were about to throw down. I'm a huge fan of rolling into deep. COVID, COVID protocol throwdown. I don't know what the hell that is in this studio, but we were about to have a, a yeah, COVID. Yeah, you, you can't. No, there's a wall up here. You can't come within six feet, buddy. You can't come within six feet. I can throw things at you. There's a, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you were a goalie, though, so I, I don't think know that, what the hell that, that is. That might be what uh, happened to your pen. Maybe you threw it at me one day, and uh, now it's gone. I, I don't know. I, I, used, saying. I used to be known for throwing pens. Did you yeah. know that? No, I didn't know I was that. a pen thrower. Like, like, uh, like, get mad at myself air? and chuck it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Please don't bring that back. <laughs> Sounds bring like a safety back. hazard. All right. So, what are people saying after uh, right. the conversation with Ross? Did you get it? Like, before we get to the tweets, did, did you take anything that you thought you heard from the conversation? Yeah. Well, I think uh, first of all, it seems like they want to do what everyone's expecting. They would like very much to have Ray and Simeon come back. But you have to also be realistic about it. And I was, I was not surprised with his answer about Charlie Montoyo um, and how you know, he does a lot for this team that we don't see. Yeah. And that's something that I think the front office values. I actually thought his most revealing answer was about the bullpen when he sort of took responsibility for not making the moves earlier. I thought it was a tough question that you asked yeah. about why, you know, why didn't the moves come earlier because yeah. the moves ended up being really good. And he sort of said, yeah, that's I, on me. I asked that second and I probably should have waited on that one <laughs> because I thought the answers got a little shorter. You're rethinking your strategy. Shorter, yeah. My strategy changed <laughs> after the uh, the answers got That's a little funny. bit short. I thought the other one about like here's what I think. I think that the Toronto Blue Jays are in a spot where they can't say that they want those players back and will go to all ends. They need to watch their money 
And if Simeon and Ray want real big money, they mm-hmm. can find some value other places. Like Pro Toronto wrote in and said four years, 90 for Ray, five years, sorry, four years, 90 for Simeon, five years, 95 for Ray, done. I think they're getting more than that. Like, I think the open market is significantly more for both of them. Like, I think there's starting points, probably 25 a year. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the thing. Like, okay, people always want Rodgers to spend more money. And you can keep saying, oh, billions of dollars, billions of dollars in the company, nice. But also, Simeon and Ray have to come, want to come back here. Like, it's not just the Blue Jays being like, hey, we'll offer you all the money in the world. Like, they can do that if they want. Mm-hmm. But if Ray and Simeon, if Marcus Simeon wants to go to the West Coast, Marcus Simeon is going to go to the West Coast. Like, what, so the Blue Jays are supposed to offer $30 million more a year than the next team? Like, that's just not practical. That's not how these things work. So unless these guys really want to come back here, then they're not going to. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Simeon wants to come back under, like, he was unbelievable for this team, and Mm -hmm. obviously, but when when Bo Bichette was crying, or at least had to fight back tears, it made me feel like maybe he knew something we did. Like they had a private conversation and he knows he's gone? Yeah, like he wants to be a shortstop. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's uh, have a look at what some of the viewers got from that interview. Rob says, sounds like A, they plan to be major players in the free agent market as they were in 2020. B, Nate Pearson will start in the bullpen, assuming he's not part of a trade. Eyes. Eyes emoji. C, Ross is okay with the playoff format and values the division win more, i.e. no expansion. I like Rob the, was paying uh, attention. Yeah, I like the ABC on yeah, this. I like that this one is... too. Do you want me to take on any of those? Like, it's just uh, a good summation of what we talked about. Yeah, it is a good summation. Although he added in the uh, the trade part. The of Pearson, Pearson one. The Pearson one's kind of interesting to me. Um, obviously, the vision for him when he started as a prospect was starting through and through the roof. Yes, but now, like, you look at what he was able to do in that last series against the Orioles and, and just harness that ability, right? And he's throwing a hundred. And that's basically 102. And that's what bullpens have become in the majors now. Like, everybody throws gas. But hold on a second here. Like, Uh this is, like, I like what you're saying, but you understand that a good starting pitcher is more valuable. Like, makes more money. Right. Yeah. So the dude wants to be a starting pitcher. Yes. But, I mean, is it not necessarily up to him? If they decide while he's under contract... They want him to be a reliever, and they yeah, value him there. But he can bitch and complain, and he can be a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, that and happens. the one good thing about this clubhouse, it seems like they don't have a lot of people doing that right now. Mm-hmm. And that's of, of a significant value to a team, to not have people bitching and moaning all the time. No doubt. Okay, A. Hags writes in, I'm sure Charlie promotes a positive environment for his players to grow. However, it's just as important to me to have a guy who can blow up from time to time. <laughs> Meet me somewhere halfway with a Charlie Gibby mix. But isn't that Pete Walker for you? Yeah, that, that seemed to be Pete Walker during the race series. No, but Pete Walker all see, Pete Walker kept getting tossed. Yeah. When it was balls and strikes, it was always Pete Walker who ended up getting tossed. So you think as long as there's that, that dude in the dugout the or the clubhouse, the yes. right, then you don't need the manager to play both roles. Yeah, I, I don't. Other people do, though. I understand that. Like, people were really upset that Charlie Montoyo didn't stick up for his guys against the Rays. Yeah, I think it boils down to and how much... Brandon High was yelling at Robbie Ray. Yeah. 
Like, how much weight does does Pete Walker hold in the clubhouse? Like, is it as valuable to the players to have Pete Walker respond like that as it is to Charlie Montoya? And and that's the thing. We don't know. Like, we don't know. We do know. There's, like, good cop, bad cop. Like, they have routines based on these things. Like, when you don't have something in your personality, you put that personality with the guy so that they can cover off that area of it all. Like, I just... I think fans just don't like Charlie Montoyo for some reason, mm-hmm. and they're projecting what they don't like onto a spot where you've got someone doing that for him. Like Pete Walker does it, literally does yes. it for him. Yes, no doubt. Uh, Robin, who has been on a roll with tweets lately. Oh, wow. Robin says, focus should be on not breaking Bo Bichette's heart and bringing Marcus Simeon back. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I, I think that the heart was broken because Bo Bichette might know that Marcus Simeon either wants a lot of money, wants to play shortstop. I hope I'm wrong on this, but something in that emotion told me that Bo Bichette may know. If something. you could have one of them, which one would you want? I know you asked the question of the roundtable yesterday, but if you could have Ray or Simeon, uh, loaded let, question. Let me, let me hot take you. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think getting Jose Barrios to a long-term deal is more important than getting Robbie Ray to a long-term deal. Because he's younger? Because he's younger and the ability to stay at a high level for a long period of time seems like it is easier for Barrios to do than Ray. Like Even has, though yeah. Ray will win the AL Cy Young Award. So when you're weighing all these options, throw that into the mix. That the Jays should extend Barrios when they can because that's a great young pitcher who everyone seems to love. Although Robbie Ray got along really well with his team, too. Yeah, no question. You saw that thank you uh, tweet from Robbie Ray earlier that we had up during that interview. Uh, Spencer says, uh, the Blue Jays need to find a way to get Brad Hand signed to the Yankees for next season. <laughs> 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 and uh, Pandelis the Greek is asking, are you willing to share where you got that blazer from? Uh, at Sportsnet underscore style. Nice plug, Timmy. On the ground. That's professional. That's why, you know, that's and why you're in that spot. you can find out where these are from. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Although I do appreciate it. You appreciate it because last time I wore it, got chirped a little bit. <laughs> After the break, it's October. The NHL season around the corner and so is the return of Rogers' hometown hockey. First five stops on the tour announced today. And a move of nights. We'll discuss what night. With Ron McLean, Tara Slaw. Next. And now, time for real sports talk with Tim McCallum and friends of the show. Thank you very much. Sheepdog's back here. Hour number two on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 360. Still Captain Kenny Reed in studio. I'm not sure if he's bought trophies, but he is in and around the building. So are Ron McLean and Tara Sloan. They will discuss the return of Rogers' hometown hockey to the Sportsnet family of channels. And Arash Markazi from Dodger Stadium. Dodgers cards set to face off in the NL Wild Card game. MLB Central gets started 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, followed by the game on sports. That that game, my friends, will feature Adam Wainwright on the hill for the cards against Matt Scherzer. That's right, kids. 
Well, there's no kids here. It's Wayne Wright and Scherzer. They're both old. Wayne Wright's 29th playoff appearance, all with the Cards. He signed a one-year deal to stay with the Cards next season, 17 and a half million. Meantime, it's Scherzer's first playoff appearance for the Dodgers after being acquired at the trade deadline as he enters free agency this offseason. The Cards went 38 and 15 down the stretch to get this lineup in the face Scherzer. Tommy Edmund leads off while the two, three, and four spots are dangerous as Tyler O'Neill, Maple Ridge, BC hits between Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado in his 18th season behind the plate. Yadier Molina catches Wainwright and he will bat six. Meantime, Dodgers lineup looks like this. Mookie Betts, not a bad lineup. Corey Seager, Trey Turner, Justin Turner. Uh, there you got Beatty, Mac Muncie uh, injured on the final day of the regular season. 2019 MVP Cody Bellinger coming off a terrible season where he hit just 165. We'll get the start in center. He'll bat ninth amazingly against Wainwright. Cards 40-year-old pitcher started uh, into the ninth inning when these two teams played each other four weeks ago or went into the ninth inning when these two teams played each other four weeks ago. Here's his manager, Mike Schlitt. Got a starter in Wayno who can take down the whole thing, <laughs> you know. So uh, and, and is more than capable and, and clearly willing to do that. So um, you know, anytime you're in an elimination game, it's just about staying present, staying in the moment, and uh, you know, executing at every turn. And and um, that's all you can really do. And chips fall where they may. Obviously, he threw a lot of strikes, kept us off balance. Um, you know, he pitched a pitched a great game um, from. Uh, when we were there, it's a one-game playoff for him too. And so, you know, obviously we're going to play our best, but you know, he's going to come out ready to ready to go. You know, he's got fire just like we do, and so it's going to be a tough one. And um, you know, but it'll be fun. I'm going to make an appeal here. The Padres have officially fired manager Jace Tingler after a terribly disappointing season. My appeal is that someone hires Jace Tingler because it's the best handle in all of sports. that's where that was going. You cannot in any way, shape, or form take Jace Tingler away from sportscasters everywhere. Please, somebody, despite the fact that the Padres are looking for their fifth manager in seven years, uh, bring back Jace Tingler. All right, to hockey and some news from Habs training camp. Carey Price won't be able to practice with the Habs before the regular season starts next week as he is now dealing with a non-COVID-related illness. He most certainly uh, or almost certainly won't start the regular season with the team while he recovers from the meniscus surgery. Meantime, Joel Edmondson will also miss two to three weeks as he continues to deal with undisclosed injury. Now, it has been a year or over a year since we saw Rogers' hometown hockey hit the airwaves in Canada. But earlier today... We got some news on the coast-to-coast-to-coast cavalcade of hockey and its return to the network. My two guests know a little something about that, and they know a little something about hockey. From Rogers Hometown Hockey, presented by Hyundai and Desjardins, just down the hall, here's Tara Sloan and Ron McLean. Good to see you both. Kind of, sort of. Hello down there. Yeah, nice Hi. I, li- I liked those chairs a couple of years ago, but this will do. It's really nice to be in the yeah. studio when, with you. When we're allowed to have more than five people in this studio <laughs> at one time, right. I would love to have you guys back. Um, so the NHL season, like a week away, what are you allowed to tell me, Tara, about hometown hockey? 
Well, I am allowed to tell you that it's a go. I think that's the biggest news for all of us and the thing that's exciting us. Um, we have moved to Monday nights. The broadcast itself has moved to Monday, so that is a significant change. We have more Canadian matchups available to us that night. Uh, and we have announced our first five tour stops. So we're doing this in kind of a rolling fashion because health and safety is paramount. We know that things can change on a dime. So we feel pretty good that these first stops, which are in Ontario, but we do hope to get to coast to coast to coast uh, down the line. So there is a, a festival attached. It's it's not going to be exactly the same. Nothing is exactly the same. No. But uh, we're kicking things off on the weekend just before the 18th in North Dumfries. We actually visited the Air uh, Centennials, their new Junior B franchise, new nice. old Junior B franchise. So, you know, everything is underway. We get a sense that um, community is really, really important right now. And yes. so... I think, Ron, this is going to be a more meaningful season than ever. And, Tim, I know you want in, but two quick things. Uh, we went to the home opener for air. The Centennials uh, fell behind 3 nothing early on, and I thought, oh, no, here we go. We've dropped a puck, and this is a tradition <laughs> with us. Uh, they're going to lose. Right. But they came back yeah. a big 7-5 to five victory. The only uh, jinx we've been is we were down here next door to your studio for uh, – well, we were shooting the Canada Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony, yeah. Tara and I, uh, and we were on Jamie and Brad and Joe's desk for Blue Jays Central. Ah. So we might have screwed that up. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't know Don't that was on that us. Sorry, yeah. Canada. You don't want that smoke, I'll no, tell you that sure much. Don't. Yeah, gosh, uh, love them. So, so Tara kind of led you down the road, and obviously it's been such a tough journey, Ron, for so many across this country. And I think I romanticize it a tad too much, but I, I know you and I have talked about sports power to unite and to be a stitch in the quilt or some glue in the mosaic. Does it feel right to come back now? Uh, oh, of course, uh, for, for all the reasons that uh, it takes so many people to make a, a hockey program successful. And just being in air the other night, uh, it was unbelievable. Cody Hall is the coach, a former player, and his dad, Jeff, and I sat and watched the game. And, uh, well, I just think it's uh, we all need it. There's that. Um, I, you know, we'll be very safe in how we do it. It's a limited number of participants can come to the festival. But you just go to the Hometown Hockey uh, website and you can get your free ticket. But you have to be double vaxxed. And, of course, uh, that's only 12 and up. Uh, but if you're 12 and under and want to come, you have to be accompanied by a guardian or a, a parent who's double vaxxed. So we'll make it happen. And, and I just think, Tim, uh, you can never go. Like, I, I just think of the summer that we've had here. Jesse Fleming scoring big goals at the Olympics in soccer. Uh, former hockey player. Her hero is Sidney Crosby. And she played boys hockey all the way up in London. Um, I think of uh, Kylie Moss, our great swimmer. Another fantastic hockey player, Tara and I, we got to profile Kylie when we were down in LaSalle, Windsor, in southern Ontario, home of your dad's great performances. So, yeah, we need it. It's, it's, a, it's a thread, the quilt, all that, the blanket of snow, you bet. I don't know about my dad's great performances, but he probably dropped the gloves a couple of times. So I, I feel like in this spot, and, and I know like this must have been, a, and I don't want to swear in front of Ron McLean and Tara Sloan, but a bleep load of work to get it done. Like, how many people were working behind the scenes, Tara, to make sure that you guys could get this season in? Uh, countless. Yeah. Countless. And I'd love to give credit to everybody, but Allison Redmond, our executive producer, is sitting right there. So I will give credit to her. But, uh, of course, I mean, the, and the work continues, right? This is everything is a moving target. Um, so we have to make sure that health and safety is, is always in place. And we know things change so quickly right now. So we are just trying to get everywhere, and we're trying to do it in the safest way possible. Um, but like Ron said, this is... Uh, 
I mean, talk about storytelling. I and mean, we have this collective story and this collective experience that I think we all want to kind of commiserate and celebrate together, and this is the perfect way to do it. Tim, I'll leave this with a, a couple of clips. Uh, first of all, the Stanley Cup final, the last game we did, what, what always strikes me about Rogers Hometown Hockey uh, is we do it, tar night, 25 stops, and then it's like all through the Stanley Cup, the stories we gleaned from the year that just was end up recurring on our shows and this was a favorite moment of mine after Tampa's won their second Stanley Cup in 280 days and there was a defining moment in the third period where a guy blocks a shot a Shea Weber blast and Kyle Bacoskas whose Campbell River was going to be one of our last stops before the pandemic broke uh, and we will try to get there uh, so he's from Campbell River BC and he's interviewing John Cooper of Prince George and we've been there and we'll be there again uh, and they talk about this one name that we had featured on Rogers Hometown Hockey. So I'll let you hear this Kyle Bukowski's interview. How would you describe their hunger throughout this run? <laughs> I'll tell you, it was all summed up when Weber loaded up for that shot and Goudreau stepped in front of it. That kind of sums up the character of this team. So the whole time we watched the, that series in Montreal, games three and four, uh, I was with John and Janice his mom and dad, and his sister, Martha, who was a fantastic athlete at the Country Day School in Aurora, where we had done the hometown hockey show, and Mike Camilleri had been to the school, Jacob Chikorin, Victor Mete all attended this little school. Uh, so here's a little tweet that we put out uh, celebrating the Goodrow family, thanks to hometown hockey. We saw a lot of Janice and John. I first met them, Rogers Hometown Hockey in Aurora. That's his hometown, and he played high school hockey there at the Country Day. Victor Mete went to that school. Jeff Chikrin went to that school. Mike Camilleri years ago went to that school. Uh, John Cooper singled out Barkley Goodrow tonight, so I just can't even imagine the joy for mom and dad. A three-time OMHA champion blocks that Shea Weber blast. He blocked another in the final minute. Uh, he was for five seasons with North Bay Battalion. He was their captain. But when he was in high school in Aurora, his coaches were Mr. McMillan and Mr. Hendry. So Mr. McMillan and Mr. Hendry, you take a bow. I mean, he was a great all-around athlete, star basketball player, star hockey player. Uh, fantastic. Sorry, that was a little long tar in, Tim, but uh, <laughs> you get the gist. We don't know that if we don't go out and 100%. travel. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and that's part, I, 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 as I drive up there to my in-laws, I know that the sign there says Robert Thomas and Barkley Goudreau as soon as you go into the area so it's it's awesome that you guys weave that through so Monday obviously a new night I know you have a couple new sponsors on board with Hyundai and Desjardins what else Tara can we expect from this season of hometown hockey that may be a little different from the past outside of obviously the COVID protocols well, I mean, the, the festival is still going to be interactive. Uh, we still we have some of our old favorites back, like Paz, the Hockey Circus Show. So it really is, you know, geared towards bringing to, uh, people together in a safe way. Um, I mean, I think we have yet to discover what's going to be new for our broadcast because we're doing this uh, differently on a night that is not a festival night. Um, but I do think that we're, we're hoping that people will still come and uh, wave in the background. So, But like I said, the, the matchups on Mondays are uh, going to be a little bit more dynamic for us. And for us, this is a Canadian show. We're, we're featuring Canadian communities. So we have a lot more Canadian matchups kicking things off with the Rangers versus the Maple Leafs. Let me ask you this, Tim. So 
in addition to having more Canadian matchups, we have multiple Canadian matchups on the same night. So we often on a Monday night, we will have three Canadian games taking place. We've got a lot of Toronto Maple Leaf games, which we can never get because their signature night is Saturday night. Right. So Sundays it was impossible. Uh, but anyway, we, we've got them all. So we, you could have your McDavid on uh, and you could have your Matthews at the same time. And you're, I don't want to offend anybody, but you get the gist. I think, Tim, <laughs> Monday night is a cool night because I've always weekends are busy. And Sunday night TV, uh, you know, it's the end of a trip. Your your family, you might have been at the hockey rink. Uh, whereas Monday night for me, it was always the healthcare night, and that was we didn't know what healthcare was when I was young. But uh, self care, healthcare, uh, you kind of took stock of everything. Monday night was private. Uh, you could enjoy the show. So, do you think Monday well, night's better? I mean, I also think that you know you would never know it by watching Ron's performance, which is always incredible. But Ron, I mean, some yes. of the acrobatics that this man has had to do to get to oh, our Rogers true. hometown yeah. hockey destinations for a Sunday night and sometimes out west an afternoon broadcast. Uh, it's amazing, knock on wood, that he, he never missed uh, a show. But So I think Mondays, you know, we feel a little bit better about getting him there. And uh, I know, well, I just jinxed it. I'm, I'm okay. rambling, Tara, because Everything's I was going awry. Anthony Stewart <laughs> and his wife, Shantae, today uh, awesome. doing their great hockey uh, equality uh, clinic which was for indigenous today but they do it for uh, everybody in the BIPOC community and uh, because we were up early at Scotia Pond in Toronto uh, I might be a little punchy I'm like I was when we do the show Sunday nights and I'm rambling again I, uh, I, I'll give you the knock on wood Tara I, I, know. I found I some wood I here I am that. good uh, but I, I like my biggest conversation I think the longest conversation off air that I always have with Ron is like how the hell do you do that like there's a Saturday night you say love Tara. peace and hair grease and then you're uh, like, I mean, when it's out west, like, I have no... Give me the longest travel schedule that you have had. Or well, the, the funniest was uh, Grand Falls, Windsor, Newfoundland, because they thought, what the hell are we going to talk about in Grand Falls, Windsor, Newfoundland? Wrong. There was a million good things. Yeah. They right. won the Allen Cup that year, the Cataracts. Uh, uh, the mayor, Barry Manilow, uh, threw us a great shindig. And, uh, <laughs> Man Manuel. Oh, Manuel. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Manilow. That's a singer. Yeah. There you go. I am punchy. Uh, it was a hell of a party. I'm still hungover, Barry. Uh, I've got the names wrong. But, yeah, and then we had uh, Alec Faulkner, first Newfoundlander, right? He was up there. But the trip was Toronto on a Sunday morning, Toronto to Halifax, Halifax to St. John's, St. John's to Gander, and then a almost two-hour drive. So that's a long way to go to get to... Uh, Getting the name Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was frantically trying to Google Barry Manilow songs because I don't know any off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mandy, I should say Mandy. Yeah, Mandy. Mandy. There you go, there you go. Uh, so so this year, obviously on Monday nights, there's a huge change, and as you said, there's going to be uh, more Canadian Canadian matchups on Monday night. But oh. This show is going to be on before you a lot of time. Does that mean that yes. maybe, just maybe, yeah, there, we could, there be could be some interaction here? Yeah. We might be able to do a little Tim and Friends along with Hometown Hockey? I have been waiting to be asked to be your friend yeah. for quite some time, so absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think, actually, Tim, that's another good point. I, we're really cognizant because the pandemic's a little bit still on, and there's a lot going on in our world that it's nice to be live and... Uh, you know, I think the immediacy of you being there, I, I love that continuity, right? That's yeah. so can't wait for that opportunity. Uh, that feeling of team. And honestly, whenever you guys, I've, I've been fortunate enough to uh, see this 
this traveling circus in its entirety on the road. It's unbelievable what you guys are able to pull off each and every week. And you can see it in the people's faces when you show up. Uh, not only are they happy to see you guys, but have this come through because it's so much fun to be a part of. So I thank you for dropping by and doing this and wish you continued success in the revival on Monday night. Thank you. Cheers, Tim. All right, there is uh, Ron McLean and Tara Sloan. Uh, new friends of the show, nice. Jesse, yeah. because they are on Monday nights now. So hopefully uh, one or two or both will stop by every once in a while to get the show uh, set for that like little, Monday Yeah, night. a little tee-up action. Yeah, that's what we do on this show. We tee up the rest of the network, and that will be the rest of the network on those Monday nights. So we'll have a bunch of hockey to work into uh, with Tara and Ron, even if you know they don't want to... They want to slum it with us all the time. Yeah, no, I get it. All right, time for a break. Uh, from a classy Ron McLean and Tara Sloan. Oh, no. To Ken Reed. He joins me next in the studio. It's Ken Reed. He's kind of classy. Get the trophy. All right, so in the commercial break, Ken Reed just comes flying into the studio singing Barry Manilow. And Lady Gaga, is that what happened here? Yeah, like I, yeah. We're pulling the curtain back here. Ken I, Reed in studio for his, I don't want to call it weekly Wednesday appearance because then we might have to pay him for the weekly yeah, Wednesday exactly. appearance. I dropped in. Uh, yeah, I sang, uh, well, when, when Ron said Barry Manilow, a lot of people think Cobra Cabana right away, or Mandy, and I think I write the songs. I write the songs that make the whole world cry. Right. You know, I make the songs of love and special things. And then we started talking about generational talent you mentioned Adele was a generational talent yeah, I was getting mad at Jesse earlier right? I agreed and to which I said and the the, the tell me something boy which to which you said Gaga. Lady Gaga when yeah. I say a lot of Lady Gaga on the Super Bowl halftime did you she know, fall out of the like she was on top of the roof and like yeah blew which, down yeah like I got drip Maybe right it was fake I don't it was remember it. CG it you guys fake, yeah. yeah you guys keep telling me fake. I have drip everything's fake yeah that, my FB isn't working but apparently I have drip but but yes look at this I, I got into Lady Gaga and I'm really excited for this year's Super Bowl halftime, because that's what I'm talking about, little Snoop Dogg, little Dre. Yeah. Because I'm from the chronic generation, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uni- uh, university, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm 1990 Tizzo, you know, 93. <laughs> I was around that. That's what I'm uh, talking about. Uh, Drop uh, some of that on you kids. Uh, so can you give us some, li- you did Barry Manilow. Oh, can you do careful. a little one, two, three, into the four? Uh, uh, Timmy, Dr. McAuliffe, and Kenny Reader at the door. There you <laughs> wow. go. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Because uh, you know so, we're about to... So we no, were talking about, part. in commercial break, generational talent. This is where this is all going. Yeah. So Adele, yeah. Lady Gaga, yeah. who else of our generation is generational talent when it comes to... Just hit us up at Tim and Friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Why not? Yeah. We're having a conversation. Who did you suggest? Ed Sheeran? I think like Ed Sheeran's pretty damn close, man. Yeah. Like, he's really. Oh, talented. you're talking music. I thought we were talking sports broadcasters. I was going to say <laughs> three of us, obviously. <laughs> right. Uh, my um, nephew Brady, who won the Nova Scotia Golf Championships with the C.P. Allen Golf Team, obviously runs the family this weekend. He's a generational talent. By the way, my other golf awesome. trophies I was going to bring on the show. Yeah, we weren't asking. They're missing. No, they we, we they're missing. I the, said to Mrs. Reed can't today. Can't buy away that we weren't we weren't asking on purpose. I said to Mrs. Reed today. Yeah, I can't find my golf trophies. She says I don't care. So I think Mrs. Reed may have <laughs> thrown them out. That's my girl right there. Man, my Mrs. hair piece Reed. is off. Today. Yeah, what is going on there? You're not getting combed know. today. What happened? I don't know. Maybe it's because I was doing my Ed Whalen imitation last night on Sportsnet Central. My hair piece isn't quite. Quite working. I don't know what's going on. I'd there. come over there and help you, but someone will get mad at me. Yeah, health and safety yeah, protocols. Exactly. 
even though we're tested and all that stuff. So, you know, Ron, Ron uh, used other... to work with Ed Whalen, you know, back you... on the old Flames broadcast days. Yeah, there's a great promo of them on YouTube. And if anyone doesn't know who Ed Whalen is, he was the voice of the Flames for a while, uh, for years actually, and he was the voice of Stampede, Stampede Wrestling. Wrestling yes. He is a local sports reporter. He was a legend in, in Calgary. So, so but this was of a different Ed time. Ed Whalen was like of a different time when yes. your local. Um, your local sports guy was a huge star. He was the champ kind of Calgary, right? right. That Ron Burgundy-esque that, local right. news That's thing. exactly yeah. the kind of thing. And and he would do everything, yeah. but he did it with this pizzazz and personality that I don't know I don't know if there would be anything like it in 2021. And everything had the same tone. Like he hosted <laughs> Spelling Bee, and Spelling Bee had the same tone as Calgary Flames hockey. Yeah. Welcome everyone to the Calgary Saddle Dome. Welcome everyone to Spelling Bee. <laughs> like it was all the same, and right. it was awesome. He was the best. He was such a kind man too. Uh, and awesome. he recorded a CD of love songs. What? Yes, no, he did. He did. Generational talent. He, he, yeah, generational he talent, he, without a doubt. Like he, Country Joe West, Ed Whalen, apparently. Ed did uh, an album for his wife called "Songs for Nomi." It was awesome. I had it. It's yeah. somewhere in my many moves. It's probably with my Songs old golf for Nomi. So it's all about Nomi. No, no, and no a like big he, fat sister Ed, Naomi. So that's did, probably he, a different genre. He did standards. <laughs> right. It had to be yeah. You know that kind of stuff. Ed was awesome, and he was such a kind guy and uh, the cool thing about that era of yeah. of news every town and city had a guy right. like like where i grew up our local sportscaster was john brother mcdonald and every day rod Mackey would throw him to the sports and every day would start thank you rod good morning sport fans in trenton major fastball and it didn't matter what happened the night before it was always in trenton major fastball so, so every yeah, town had a guy like that brother is nickname or brother, his middle name brother was his nickname of course yeah. it was his nickname he was one of my first sportscaster heroes so every uh, town had a guy like that, that I, cool. I, I was trying to engage another generation of audience by going dance hall reggae for 12 seconds and it just went straight over kenny's head and landed about dance jesse. hall what yeah that's right uh jesse you wanted to in on generational talent what's going on here i saw you kind of lean in well no because we posted it uh, as <laughs> no, asked on the show no. besides adele and lady gaga who else of tim and ken's generation oh, is a generation. generational talent now i'm not sure Mariah about Carey. how we decided to phrase that well no is that a rip at both of us that adele and lady mm, gaga are old i don't know no 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 I, we're older than that i would say for my generation it's whitney houston and mariah carey Mariah's not generational. What? Uh-oh. The Christmas song. Hey, me and Mariah go back like babies on Pacifier, but that's not a generational Whatever, talent. ODB. I'm telling Whit- you. Whitney's a talent, Whitney's a generational a- talent. When Mariah came out in, oh. uh-huh, when she hit those notes, <laughs> when she hit those notes, Mariah and Whitney. Mariah and Whitney from Michael my Jackson, generation. Obviously. Michael yeah, Jackson, obviously. Michael yeah. Jackson is like, unless that's before your generation. No, Tiffany. Tiffany would be of in course, there. yeah, Tiffany. She packed a lot of malls. I <laughs> thought of Tiffany last night, she and I used it on air. When she I, packed a lot of malls. She did. You, you know, the, the new kids got their start thanks to Tiffany. She took them on the road. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they I, packed I, a lot of malls. But didn't I, you think... I didn't know that and didn't I, care. Don't you so, think... No, of, but hold on. Okay. Stop. Slow down. Please. Give yeah. me a second I'm like here. that cotton candy kid. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you are. Holy crap. So was that a shot at us? Who posted that? Did you post that, Jesse? Uh, no, I was walking into the conversation. It was a digital team. All right, well, so how old, what's the average age of the digital team? 12 and a half? They act like they're young. They're like 35. Like, what are they talking about? Is, are any of them under 30? No. They always act like they're the young kids. 
and none yeah. of them are under 30. It's Here, ridiculous. Here's a tip. It's uh, fair. Yeah, it's Digital true. team. What do they call the digital team? I don't team? know if it was indeed a shot. I'll clarify whether it was a shot or not. But there's yeah, a you lot, clarify whether there's a lot or not of it was a shot or not. We're going at the digital team, aren't we? Yeah, I think we're going. How about this? Tuck your shirt in and get your eyes up off your phone for 20 seconds, digital team. Then talk to us. You were around for like... Kelly Elvis. says Prince. <laughs> you were around for Elvis. I was, yes. Uh, Kelly writes Elvis in and in says Prince. Bay. I love Elvis, by the way. Elvis was a hero most, but he never meant to me. Oh, whose line was that? Public Enemy. There you go. That's I right. I think this has legs. Yeah. I think this is gonna this is gonna take off. Embarrassed. Right. So we'll, we'll kids save. still listen to Elvis. We'll you know who's that line that is? Eminem. Um, Dan Showman. Generational talent, says Adam. Yeah. That's true. Hey, hey. I, oh, I mean, there's no. Yes, this is. We're gonna have some answers. All right, so um, go wherever you want and, and get back to me eventually. Did you did you watch the old? We have like a minute left in this segment. <laughs> I and Arash Markazi is coming up. <laughs> Forget the. I had two things written down. I wrote down Ken Reed. Blue Jay season comes to an end in old time hockey. That's literally right. Filled it in. Yeah. I love the fact that everyone's freaking out about Florida Tampa Bay. Remember, look, speaking of old, back in the day, preseason hockey, which I call exhibition hockey, was right. the best. You'd have six donkeys dressed for each team. It was a slugfest. These teams these weren't these weren't donkeys. No, though. but I'm saying back in the day, yes. you'd have donkeys trying out. It was awesome. They combined for 94 pims. Big deal. It's great. You know what's what I love is all. Oh, well, oh look at what happened in the game. At least you're talking about it. Because what do we complain? The preseason hockey's got no emotion or anything. So here's we see some. I don't good. know if Achari's uh, all that good with the old-time hockey in a preseason game. No, well, that's how she goes sometimes. I mean, people want. I want sports with passion. That's passion. Come on, let's go. Well, that wasn't passion. That was someone bumped a goalie like they shouldn't have bumped a goalie. Yeah, well, and why'd he do it? Because he was into it. Send some messages, he Kenny. He was out there to send some messages. Let him know you're there. Let him know you're there. Bleed all over him. All the time there. hockey. Yeah. All right. Uh, Avanka still hasn't seen Slapshot. Time for a break. We got one minute of sports talk into that segment. When we come back, we'll head to Dodger Stadium after the break. I don't care, honestly. I think the generational conversation is an important one, mm-hmm. and we'll have it. A 106-win Dodger team gets to face the hottest team in baseball down the stretch. Cardinals, Dodgers, NL wildcard game. Arash Markazi from L.A. next. Tim and Friends with Kenny Reed. What happened, Jeff? It's a good answer. What a delight this game is. Max Scherzer and the Dodgers get granted baseball's hottest team. This club, it seemed like left for dead. Nothing going right. And now this. 17 consecutive wins. It's been historic, amazing, incredible. And now the St. Louis Cardinals are postseason bound. How did this happen? I don't know. But I'm loving it. The Dodgers have proven time and time again they will do anything to win. I'm literally speechless. Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Trey Turner, one of the best shortstops in baseball. They just got traded to the Dodgers. This team is absolutely loaded. This is a team that is built to win the World Series. The Dodgers match the franchise record with 106 wins. And they'll gear up for the wild card game on Wednesday against St. Louis. We are about 90 minutes away from first pitch at Dodger Stadium. Cards, Dodgers, National League wildcard game. Cardinals have won eight straight. Wayne Wright starts. Dodgers have won 11 straight. 
Sir Scherzer starts. Say that five times faster. Don't because I'm an idiot. Something's gotta give. Here's the managers. It's an elimination. It's one game. You've got Wayne Wright, who you can't not root for and love and appreciate, and you've got Max Scherzer, who I feel is the same. So it, it's going to be a great game. That's going to be a treat for baseball fans. You know, you're talking about not only, um, as you mentioned, some really, really um, well-respected, um, you know, modern legendary players on both sides of the coin. You're also talking about two storied franchises um, with a lot of history. So, um, you know, if you, regardless of what level of baseball fan you are, you want, you're going to want to tune into this one. And you can do that right here on. Sportsnet. All right, uh, time to introduce our guest at this time to talk to Ken Reed and I. We go, I mean, is there a better place in baseball to go to on a day like today than Chavez? I've, I've never been, but it always sounds and oh, looks poetic. It just, uh, right now, we bring in a Rashmar Kazi into the conversation, and it just looks like a wonderful day in Southern California. Is it indeed a wonderful day in Southern California, Mr. Markazi? It is a perfect day. We are here on blue heaven on earth, as Tommy Lasorda <laughs> used to say. A quintessential fall day, 75 degrees and sunny. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're just you're rubbing it in now, Marcazzi. <laughs> I wonder, like, this is such a great matchup between these two teams. One of them, the hottest team in baseball down the stretch. It's not as if the Dodgers weren't ridiculously hot to close out the season, too. Who's the favorite in this matchup tonight? The Dodgers are the favorite, but you touched on it. What is your reward for winning a franchise best 106 games? A do or die winner go home wild card game against the hottest team in baseball. But if the Dodgers do win, it'll be because of the greatest trade I think we've ever seen in Los Angeles. Not only do you get Max Scherzer, you get Trey Turner. A one-two punch like we've never seen before. So again, the favorites are the Dodgers, but it's incredible that, that the season that they had their season could be done tonight. I love that it's not fair. A lot of people think things should be fair after 162 <laughs> games. I love that it's not fair because we have such a great storyline. But Arash, you, you touched on Max Scherzer. Uh, how has he been able to go 7-0 and in 11 starts since coming over to the Dodgers? It's incredible. I mean, the Dodgers knew that they were getting a very good pitcher. They knew that they had to make this trade. This was not a trade that they expected to make when they signed when they signed Trevor Bauer, but they had to. And now you look at it, and he is a Cy Young candidate. I mean, he's pitching the best he has in his entire career. Three-time Cy Young winner, future Hall of Famer. Right now, he's pitching the best he has. And if the Dodgers win tonight, if they have a chance to repeat as champions, it's because of the trade that they made for Scherzer. If they win tonight, it gets even more ridiculous because you have a 107 win Giants team yeah. and their reward for winning the pennant and getting 107 wins on the season is to get the 106 win Dodgers like it is it's it's unbelievable where we're at but that's where we could find ourselves. This postseason is completely drunk. You want to call it a cap and tell it to go home because if the Dodgers find a way to win the wild card and they beat the Giants in the division series, they can finally breathe a sigh of relief as they go into the championship series because the toughest matchup that they will face tonight, St. Louis, and then right next to it, the San Francisco Giants, the 107 win San Francisco Giants. I uh, See, I love that it's not fair. I love that it's drunk because drunk can be fun sometimes. <laughs> drunk can be fun sometimes. Yeah. 
Exactly. Speaking of Von Rash, we, we just – I want to go back to the pitching matchup for a second. We just had the board up, Wainwright versus Scherzer. And when I, when I see a board like that, you know me, Timmy, I'm a sports card guy. I think back to my old sports cards of, you know, like the 1984 Tops ERA leaders, and you got Sutton and Gaylord <laughs> Perry on there, old guys. Uh, Perry and Sutton looked a lot older on their cards than Scherzer and Wainwright do. But what's this pitching matchup for you, Arash? I mean, for me, like I say, it, it appears very historic. Like, we're watching just, just two greats going at it. Yeah. I think that's something we should cherish as baseball fans. You're talking about two gamers, two guys who have been in this position, two guys who have won a World Series. I mean, you don't have to worry about these guys choking. These guys love this position. And I'll give you a, a quick little note. Max Scherzer has not been in Los Angeles that long. He showed up to the game tonight, board shorts, T-shirt, flip-flops. <laughs> he is quintessential Los Angeles already. I would, too, if it was 70 degrees, 75 degrees and it looked like it looks <laughs> behind you right now. How is it possible that the Dodgers lose Kershaw and Bauer and are still favorites. Well, I mean, here's the crazy thing about it, right? They don't win the division, but according to the wise guys in Vegas, they are still the favorites to win the World Series. Why? The most talented team in baseball, the deepest team in baseball, Pujols, will not start against his former team. I mean, when you look at the players who will not be playing tonight, I mean, there's so many teams would love to have these guys. So they're a very deep team. They're a very talented team. So again, you don't want to play a winner-go-home situation, but if they win tonight, they like their chances. All those great players on the bench. It reminds me, you know, when a guy like Tim Raines would be on the bench for the Yankees back in the day when they were winning in the 90s. But how come the Dodgers didn't find a way to get Pujols in the lineup? Come on, do us all a favor if we want more storylines. Tio Albert, Tio Alberto, they call him Uncle Albert as soon as they hit a home run. They hug him. They love Albert Pujols here. I mean, who would have thought? And thank you, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, for paying $29 million for him to play here. You, you would have loved to have see, seen that. He will play at some point, my guess, and how quintessential, how perfect would it be if Albert Pujols comes in, pinch Whoa. hit, home run, sends the Dodgers on to the division series. You wanted to Kirk Gibson this thing tonight? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Why not? And my favorite thing about the Kirk Gibson home run, the brake lights in the outfield because someone apparently yes. had to go home early. It was getting yes. one of the World Series, but it's Los Angeles. you got to beat the traffic. <laughs> That's so true. That was so, that, that, that's what everyone forgets about that Gibson home run. Is every, so many people left. Yeah, and to get out of that, I know why so many people left, because there's only one road out of that joint. Uh, it's ridiculous to get out of there. Jesse. Yeah, Sandra writes in, I'm imagining Arash going home and praising his spouse's excellent cooking. Quote, this is the greatest omelet I've ever had. That's awesome. Oh, yes. The energy. Oh, yes. Uh, so, Arash, I know when you cover a team for like an entire year, they're kind of the ins and outs that we don't get kind of from the outside looking in. Give us, I know there's such big names on this Dodgers team, but give us someone, if it's not today, if, if the Dodgers end up making it past the Cardinals, and that's no given, but give us a name that not enough people have spilt not enough ink on when it comes to this Dodgers team. Well, listen. There's so much talent. You've probably heard of these guys, again, when they won the World Series. But Will Smith, catcher, again, no one's really talking about him that much, you know, because he's the catcher. He's not a big name. There's no billboards of him. TMZ is not hounding him. Will Smith coming up big. I like Will Smith. Uh, but by the way, Gavin Lux, when you talk about how tight this team is, he hit the wall one night. The next night, his teammates put up a, a tape figure in the outfield. These guys love each other. They, they want this season to continue. 
But guys, we have an amazing game. Do or die, you, you love it. You, you can smell it in the 75 degree heat. It's playoff baseball. Hey, we were talking about generational musical talents a moment ago. Yeah, Timmy. we were. Have, have Will Smith and Will Smith ever gotten together to your <laughs> knowledge, Arash? Missed opportunity. <laughs> uh, to my knowledge, they have not. His his walk-up song was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He changed that. Someone should have said, hey, see, listen, Will, I know you're supposed to pick your walk-up song. It is forever going to be Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It has to be. You're Will Smith, for goodness sake. Yeah, there was a Will Smith, Will Smith last year where okay. they met, but it was the different Will Smith that <laughs> Matt right. missed Will Smith yeah. last see, year. Yeah, I would, I would go with getting jiggy with it. Just like I think that sets the tone. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a rash. <laughs> Always great catching up with you. Thanks for doing this. And, and do us a favor for us here in the great white north. Enjoy that 75-degree weather in that game, okay? Thank you, Timmy June. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks, Arash. Merci, Arash June. What a beauty. What office, amazing. Yeah. See, I said uh, during the, the Florida-Tampa Bay discussion for 30 seconds, I want passion. Arash has passion. Yeah, I love see, that. that. That's exactly it. Yes. And we'll take the break and we'll bring that passion to Last Call with Jesse Rubinoff next. Kenny's sticking around for Last Call. Contractually obligated. Right here on Tim and Friends. Not really, though, am I? No. <laughs> Other duties as a son. That's so good. Tim McAuliffe, Kenny Reed, what, what did you call that? Uh, not contractually obligated, but what else? Other, other duties as a sign. Yeah, that's, that's literally in our contract. Yeah, it is. Yeah. By the way, uh, my cousin <laughs> That's just, why I laugh so hard. Yeah. People are going to break me. Why, that wasn't that funny. No, literally, I've read my yeah. contract. That's what it says. It does. And my cousin <laughs> just texted me. She said, top... Stop touching your head. You try wearing a wig, Jan. It's not easy. And now I see, I, I just got a Miss FaceTime call from her. I'm oh, yeah. on live television. It's live. It is. There's a lot of people that don't understand. She no, they it don't get it. Yes. I love the people that ask me, are you guys live after the game? No, I just predicted the Jays would win 7-1 and threw to Joe and Jamie with the I told her. I told her... Um, our marketing people once that people don't know that we're live and they laughed at me like and I go ask it in one of your one of your one of those million questionnaires yeah. that you send yeah. out to people yeah. ask it and it came back that like 58% of people didn't know that we were I, live. I thought you were gonna say the marketing people went you're live <laughs> <laughs> uh, last call Jesse Rubinoff uh, did we get any tweets on the generational talents a lot yes okay a lot <clears throat> All right. so why don't I just why don't I just Say the artist, no, show just, the tweet, uh, and you guys will tell me whether it's you think this person. Okay. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. okay, so John writes in Tupac. Yes or no? I'm a hip hop guy, and like, if you could argue that he's not the best MC of all time, how does he become generational? He's generational. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think like you gotta like you gotta say one or two. I don't think you can say you're, yeah, no, you're being way too easy. If only Blue Jays fans had such like high we're, standards. We're talking about Gretzky, Crosby, McDavid. Okay. That's it. Okay, you don't hold the same expectations for the Blue Jays <laughs> as you do for your musicians. Fun. This is why this is fun. Sports. I don't, get, I don't get that reference. Well, the Jays lost by 90. They won. This is the Jays fan base. They won 91 games. Great try, everyone. I don't get that. You didn't win anything. Oh, that's a different conversation. Oh, my God. We have eight minutes left in the show without five <laughs> questions. So you don't think that winning 91 games with three different homes is... It's good. I don't okay. think it's fantastic. And but I don't think anyone said it was fantastic. It's not to be celebrated. No, hold on. It's I not to be celebrated. I sat here and said that you win, you play the game to win, you try and get to the playoffs. 
that doesn't mean that every season is not a success. They took the necessary steps that they need to to prove that they are ready to win now. No, now is fourth in their division. And this is the guy who says that the playoffs are the same. I get it. I get it. I feel it. like this can You're picking going. and choosing your this... controversy here. <laughs> picking and choosing your controversy. Do you want to get back to generational artists or do you want to continue the Jays? I don't know. This might be. So you think yeah. there was a participation award given to the Jays I fans? think Toronto's fan base well, that... would love to give them a participation award. Yes. Well, the, uh, hold I on. Get the low Jays fans are because Toronto sports fans have been slapped in the mouth a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. So I get why they give participation yes. awards. But Jays fans, they've kind of been in and around it before. No, I don't. I don't. All the all the good vibes. I, I, I you're going up the hill. I agree. Yeah, that's it's, it's that's, good, but it's uh, to me you don't celebrate this season. Like it's not like you, you didn't that's win. That's a anything. pretty damn. No, you didn't win anything. I agree with you on that. But that's a pretty damn good season considering that you had a young team and you played in three different. A, yeah, it was a home good season. Stadiums. Yes, it was really good. Yeah, but to me it's also pretty amazing that you can have the talent that they have. And the numbers that guys put up and not make the postseason. There's something missing, obviously, with bullpen. This should have been the segment over uh, generational. You, you know what? I have high <laughs> expectations for my sports teams. You've seen my father fill out my report card. <laughs> I was raised to be the best, and I was only average. It's difficult. <laughs> All right. Give us some of those names. Dave Grohl. Multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, yeah. filmmaker. Yes. Writer. Because he's keeping rock and roll alive. He's. Mm, I see the inner struggle. Yeah, I feel like he's like an intellectual. Like he's someone that is. I I don't know that his talent is generational. I think that he is a guy who understands what his talent is. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. But no, to me, he's a. He's an. He's a. He's like he's a rock and roll pioneer in the sense that he's keeping it going. Did you just say you've never heard of him? Yeah, so how can he be okay, generation? Okay, then, okay. We'll go with the Dagen rule. If Dagen doesn't <laughs> like, hear from you, I don't know if we should go with the Dagen rule. Okay. Foo Fighters, etc. Nirvana drummer. Okay, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll apply the Dagen rule first, and then we can't judge. And the Nirvana is general is generational, but yeah, he was part oh, That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, it goes a, tough a one. really that's a tough one. That's a very good, yep, good answer, tough. Justin. Good answer. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't Justin. I'll go, yes. This is Justin. Eminem is for sure a generational talent, says Justin. <sighs> Dagan, you dress like Eminem, so I'm assuming you've heard of him. You don't think he's a generational talent? Eminem? So which hip-hop artists are generational to you? How did Dagan get a seat on the dice here? Because Eminem is top three MC of all time. Eminem's generational, yes. Yeah, Tupac, Tupac Biggie, Eminem. that's, That's so good. Okay, keep going. Did you go yes or no? On Eminem? Yeah. Borderline again. I'm being tough on this. Well, this looks like a job for me, then, if you're not going to decide. See how I dropped an Eminem lyric there? I'm going to go yes. Uh, okay, Coolio. Biggie's my only hip hop. Coolio. 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 Coolio D. Yeah. Coolio D writes in oh. Tim as a general. I thought you were saying Coolio. 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 Coolio.
and nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we both agree Coolio's <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah. Get off the fence there. Uh, yeah. Andrew writes and says there needs to be a new segment called Pop Culture History with Ken Reed. <laughs> yeah, it is a segment. It's called I'm on the show. Can, Tim, can you show the script for, for, for my segment? Well, what script kept, the script I looks kept, like? I kept this. Uh, Dagan, you can zoom in on this. So this is uh, the script that Kenny and I have. Okay, so it's just, it says intro Ken, and then if you want to zoom out slowly, you can see the rest of this script. Yeah. Extensive. And this, this is yeah. how we do our segments. If you're wondering together. what the prep time it was, it was me coming in singing Barry Manilow. <laughs> Uh, anything else there? Right, no. well, we can do some last calls right. now. I'm, I'm being told we should move on to some last calls. That's when they're bored. Oh, how about this? Alfie Zappacosta. Generational talent. Who's that? What is that? Is that <laughs> another Danger Bay reference? <laughs> From the That's 80s. Kidding, I kidding. bet you Zappacosta may have had a guest appearance on Danger <laughs> yeah. Bay. Well, yeah. we can look that up. Yeah. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, cornerback. Generational yes. talent? Uh, he was a he was a one-year talent. One-year talent. Yeah, maybe a four-year uh, he, He's been traded. The Patriots sent four-time Pro Bowl cornerback and 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, Stephon Gilmore, to the Panthers. For a 2023 <laughs> sixth-round pick, Gilmore currently recovering from quad surgery, not eligible to play until week six. In the final year of a five-year contract he signed in 2017. So am I. And he, <laughs> he and the Pats were unable to come to an agreement on a restructured deal. Now, Gilmore thanked the Patriots and their fans on Twitter, Ken, should the Pats have shown him more loyalty? Did the Pats show anyone lo- loyalty? No. No, so no. It's if football. Tom Brady can yeah. go because he can't get the contract that he wants, no. Stephon Gilmore can should, go. No, should they? Well, yeah, we should all be nice, but in the world of pro sports, no. They, they saved cap money on this so that they could sign other guys, and this was a guy that wasn't going to be back just yet. This is just a... A typical Patriots move. It's all about the program the and not about the player. Correct. Somehow they'll find a way to replace him. And Carolina's D looking very good, especially with that addition. Uh, okay, big week for Canada's senior men's soccer team as Sir. they open the second window of CONCACAF World Cup qualifying tomorrow against Mexico now we're in my at wheelhouse. 9 Eastern on Sportsnet 360. Canada will also play Jamaica on the road and Panama at home in this window. Tim, they earn five points in their first window. How many do they need to pick up in the next week? I feel like this is a, if you got five, you'd be good. But I think you're looking at six. I think you want to beat Jamaica and Panama, although Panama has played well. As, Panama. As Isn't Jamaica ta- awful? Yeah, Jamaica was bad. But yeah. they, Jamaica has players, which is kind of sort of crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people expected them to be battling for that 3-4 spot behind the United States and Mexico. Mm-hmm. But Azteca, Mexico... If you get one there to start off this window, that's a really good sign. Uh, Okay, WNBA is what I want to get to. Top two seeds are on the ropes in the semifinals. The number one seed, Connecticut Sun, are down 2-1 to the Chicago Sky. And the number two, Las Vegas Aces trail Kia Nurse in the Phoenix Mercury 2-1. Chicago and Phoenix can advance to the finals with wins at home tonight. Ken, what would you rather see? Both underdogs advance to the finals or a pair of win-or-go-home game fives? Could you repeat everything? I thought this question was for Tim. (laughs) (laughs) You're zoning out. Would you rather see the underdogs win or a pair of Game 5 winner go home? Oh, you always want to see the winner go home. Winner go home? Any any sport you want to see winner go home. Although it would be nice to see Kia Nurse uh, move on to the final right now. 
Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, one more for you. So Justin Fields, obviously uh, the news of the day is that Justin Fields is now the starter for the Bears moving forward. He was asked about how he feels about being the Bears franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. And he said, I don't even know if we're going to be on this earth for the next 10 to 15 years. <laughs> so uh, That's awesome. Yeah, the question, I guess, is will we be here in 10 to 15 years? How quickly did that change for Matt Nagy, by the way? Yeah. Well, what is Matt Nagy Someone doing? told Matt Nagy. I won't be here in 10 to 15 years if Tim looks at me the way he did during our Blue Jays debate. He had the old eyes going. <laughs> did I give you the eyes? Yeah. I just wanted you to bring that up a little earlier so we could have really gone out. Yeah, we kind of went off the rails We had a lot there. to tackle there. Yeah. Kenny gave me one of these. Like, you, want, you want to drop them? I've seen, I've go? Me and you and I played beer league hockey together. I've, we've both seen each other kind of rage. Uh, kids, there's a game tonight. Dodgers and cars. Watch it. We are off for the next two days for the MLB playoffs. But we'll be back on Thanksgiving Monday. Lawrence Thanks, Gowan, generational talent. <laughs> yes. Yes. Gow